And to the rural news now with Andrew McRae. And Andrew, what do farmers make of this future for local government review? Uh, Kia ora, Rowan. Well, Federated Farmers say it doesn't support widespread amalgamation of councils as recommended in the review, which calls for an overhaul of local government. The report suggests joining together regional, district and city councils which sit within the same area. It also recommends reducing council numbers from about 80 to 15. But Federated Farmers Local Government spokesperson Sandra Faulkner says big isn't necessarily always the best. Centralisation is not exactly proven to be wildly successful. So, you know, farmers and, and those of us running businesses on the land, uh, we already pay huge rate bills and quite often for very little return. These recommendations, unfortunately, give me no comfort that we'll, we'll actually have any more influence over those really important things. You know, our access ways, our, our roading in particular, uh, water and land management, and and without the ability to influence that, it's very hard to see how these would be of any benefit. These changes and recommendations would be of any benefit to us. Sandra Faulkner says Federated Farmers supports the report's finding that local communities need to be fully involved in any changes to local government. To other news, it's taken nearly two and a half years for the Environmental Protection Authority to decide if a feed supplement promising to slash the cow's methane output should enter the New Zealand market. The hazardous chemicals regulator is yet to give the go-ahead for Bovia, developed by Dutch animal firm DSM. Researchers found that Bovia can reduce a cow's methane output by 30% in non-pasture cattle. The application's gone back and forth between the regulator and DSM due to what the EPA calls a range of hazard classification, technical and procedural matters. DSM's application has exceeded the average wait time by about a year. Industry body Animal and Plant Health raised concerns the regulatory process for new agrochemicals had become more challenging in recent years. Furthermore, Nationals Horticulture spokesperson Sam Uffendale says it's taking too long to make these decisions and it's costing the industry. We need to cut red tape and we need to make sure that we're acting in a way that um, improves our crops and, and reduces our impact on the environment. The EPA's got a big role to play and currently they're not, they're not playing it. The EPA says the final documents for Bovier are being reviewed and an assessment is due by the end of the month. A top iwi boss is warning climate change is impacting kaupapa Māori food and fibre production across Tiwaipunamu, the South Island. The chair of Te Runanga Unaitahu, Lisa Tumahai, kicked off the Transforming the Global Food and Fibre System Summit in Christchurch this week. She's also the deputy chair of the Climate Change Commission. Naitahu is heavily invested in farming and other ventures like manukahani, seafood and fibre. Ms. Tumahai Ms. Tumahai says climate change is affecting its mahinga kai, or food gathering resources. Throughout our Takiwa, some of our mahinga kai areas are being affected by coastal erosion, and access to many sites have been cut off over time. In some cases, the resources we have traditionally harvested are no longer as plentiful as they have been in the past. Security of water supply is likely to be the greatest issue for Waitaha Canterbury in the future. Even if the worst effects of climate change are not realised, drier average conditions during the summer months together with increased demand for water is likely to place pressure on resources. And so it's impossible to think about the future of food and fibre without talking about climate change. 
Lisa Tumahaya says taking a multi-generational lens can open up opportunities to addressing climate challenges. It draws on the wisdom of our tipuna while embracing innovation and experimentation to create a more resilient future for our whanau. When we think about the generation to come, we need to consider what we are leaving for them. Delayed action on climate change will only increase the price that future generations will have to pay. And at the summit, a food, fibre and agri-tech challenge was won by Gladfield Pallet Consolidator of Dunsandal for its waste-minimising automation. A Denmark-based dairy cooperative has drawn criticism from its farmer shareholders after it announced plans to launch a plant-based butter. Ala owns Lupac, which is a well-known butter brand across Europe and the UK, but it's looking to expand the brand into the plant-based space. Monique Steele reports. The cooperative says it wants to launch a plant-based spreadable product into the UK next year. But dairy farmers in the two countries who supply milk to Arla are concerned, telling Farmers Weekly UK it could put the reputation of the Lurpak brand at risk. Arla milk supplier Gary Mitchell says farmers are shocked Arla has decided to launch a plant-based alternative at a time when its nearly 9,000 suppliers are beginning to produce milk more sustainably. Its chief commercial officer, Peter Giorz Carlson, defended the plans, saying milk will always be at the heart of the cooperative. High volumes of beef currently being exported is causing prices in the US market to drop. Monthly beef export figures have risen to levels not seen for eight years. Senior analyst Mel Crowd says in May shipments reached just over 59,000 tonnes, almost 10,000 tonnes more than the same month last year. And she says the product is competing with ramping up supplies of Australian beef into the US. Other than just pure volume, the main point of interest was our heavy reliance on the US for manufacturing beef. Uh, we sent more than double the volume to this market uh, last month, just nearly 19,000 tonne versus 9,000 tonne last year. So it brought that market share for the month up to 69%. At the same time, we also saw Australia pushing an extra nearly 6,000 tonnes of, of frozen boneless beef into the US um, versus last year. And I think just with the supplies at, uh, on this market all at once, it's um, really no wonder that the US imported beef market's taken a slide in the past few weeks. Mel Crowe from AgriHQ says last year beef exports were spread across both the US and China, which kept prices more buoyant. Dairy NZ has appointed a new chief executive. He's Campbell Parker, who's currently CEO at GEA Farm Technologies NZ. Mr Parker replaces long-time chief executive Dr Tim Mackle. And Mr Parker will take over the helm of Dairy NZ in October. And that Rona's Rural News for now.